Welcome back to a victory episode of the Seven Lakes Sports Podcast. I'm your host, James Kovaleski, joined as always by head football coach Jimmy Hammond. And coach, I was I was bummed. I had to leave town for a work trip and I was unable to see this game, but I was watching on my phone like a hawk and I saw the score come through and I was so happy to see it. So we get the win, 24 to 21 against uh, a very tough Morton Ranch team, a Morton Ranch team that's already defeated Peyto, that took Cinco Ranch all the way down to a wire in a seven-point game. So, I mean, this team, Morton Ranch, is right in the thick of the playoff mix with the contenders, and we get the victory 24-21 to on Friday night. So, Coach, just give us – of course, as always, we'll dive into all the numbers, but what, what was your overall overarching feeling coming out of this game? Oh, such a huge win program wide you know and i know we're going to talk about it later but we're able to get five wins on the week and and that's really really big for us you know those are just so hard to come by in this district in 1960 so tough from top to bottom from freshman class all the way through the varsity and and so really nice to to get that it was it was uh hard fought and it was physical and it was exactly what you expect out of 1960 football you know a lot of running game out of both teams um, and then for us on the varsity, it was it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, a little bit different than how the, the back and forth went with um, Cinco Ranch. I think the style is just different. Um, you know, you both teams grinded the clock a little more. And so the score didn't get, you know, the 49-42 that you saw at a Cinco and Morton. Ours was 24-21, and mainly because of stylistically we're just different um, than Cinco is going to be. Uh, so that's why you see the little bit tighter score. Um, and that's just, you know, that's the kind of games we're going to have to win because that's who we are. All right, let's go through the stats. As always, we start with the receiving statistics. And I, you know, I've heard a running back by committee, which we I guess we do have some of that. But also, we got receiver by committee. As always, we should just call Sean Patel the distributor because, I mean, he, it's an incredible spray chart that he has here. Again, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six different receivers that caught passes. We're going to start with uh, Jake Ferris. Two catches for 29 yards. Barrett Hudson, one catch for 65. So he popped off a big one. Kaiser Floyd, one for 18. Carter Hatton, two big catches for 25 yards. Peter Noonan, one catch for 17. And then Ryan Fowler, the sophomore wideout, one catch for 47 yards, getting behind the defense there. So that's eight catches for 201 yards. Just talk about, again, your entire receiving unit coming through in a big way against Morton Ranch. Yeah, I mean, the we were able to... Uh hit Barrett Hudson on a tailback screen and he, he popped it for 65. I know he wanted to pop it for 66 because he got tackled right there inside wow. the one yard line. Um, then Jake Ferris, you know, he had to, you know, after making that long run, he had to hand, you know, uh, come off the field, didn't let Jake, Jake Ferris get that touchdown for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Fowler got us probably honestly, m- some might argue if you were watching the game to play the game, I know there's not just one play, that makes a game, but offensively, Ryan Feller, you know, got behind the secondary and caught a nice 47 yard pass. So those were, those are huge. And, you know, our tight ends, you know, we got three catches to our tight ends for about 42 yards. That's always big. Um, Jake Ferris caught some, caught some um, bubble screens uh, and did a good job run after catch. So um, really, really happy. Once again, only eight receptions total, but to get 201 yards off of those eight receptions um, shows you some explosion um, out of our, out of our uh, uh, pass receivers. Agreed. Very efficient performance there. And speaking of efficiency, the offense in general was humming. Only twice did we have to call Colin Mills out to punt. So very good job not having to punt very often in the ball game. 
uh, passing wise. So Sean Patel, again, we mentioned eight completions out of 14 attempts. So, you know, well above 50, uh, 50% there for 201 yards, no touchdowns, at least by this record. So not quite able to get in the end zone, but you're able to punch it in for your touchdowns. But most importantly, no interceptions. And we've talked about that, that, that Sean had that coming out party against Memorial and really like opened a lot of eyes and some eyebrows are raising, you know, in the area of that, that beautiful performance in his first ever start. Had a couple performances where, you know, just had some 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 bad plays go against us and, and led to some interceptions. But what a bounce back in probably the biggest game of the year for Seven Lakes for us to continue our goal of getting that fourth playoff spot. What Can you speak to just that ability to protect the football and distribute it so well and, and just re- really deliver a very impressive stat line here again against Morton Ranch? You know, we we you know, uh, people that watch us know who we're going to be. People that scout us know who we're going to be. We're going to be a team that's going to be run the ball first and and pass second. Um, one thing Sean did extremely well, all six of the incompletions were in place where we could catch them or nobody could catch mm-hmm. them. And that was the key. Um, you know, we protected him pretty good uh, with our offensive line. And then he made great decisions with the football as far as putting it um, where it's either a seven lakes reception or ends up being an incompletion. And that was the biggest difference. He didn't uh, throw in contested tight windows uh, as, as he had done in the previous weeks. And that was huge. And it's really encouraging to see the improvement. And again, I think people got to remember Sean Patel is a sophomore. And, you know, I think sometimes in some of those Rocky games, you know, when the ball was forced into some spots where it wasn't supposed to be, it's very easy for a youngster to kind of crater and, and, and just start letting those bad plays pile up on him. You can just tell Sean is listening to the coaching. He's staying positive, believing in himself, believing in his teammates, and the performance is getting better. And so just so excited to see that. What a great job there uh, by the sophomore quarterback. This is where my eyes kind of light up. I'm, I want I can't wait to talk about this rushing with you, Jimmy. <laughs> Even just for for the way that we operate here at Seven Lakes. Jake Ferris, really impressive day, 15 for 43. I'm going to save one of these for last, but I'm going to go over some of the others. Uh, uh, Sean Patel did have the three carries, but I guess they're counting sacks in this. So, not you know, if not not a great total there because it's counting the sacks. Uh, Edgar Varela did get in there and, and get a carry. Uh, so that, that we have those. But then I got to talk about Barrett Hudson. 18 carries, 153 yards. I mean, that's got to be a high, right? That's a career high or, or at least a season high. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, definitely a season high. I think uh, his sophomore year did rush for over 200 versus Taylor. So not a wow. career high for him, but definitely a season high. Um, 18 carries for 154. He went on a two-play drive all by himself. We had two run plays that scored our first touchdown. Um, I think a combined 70 yards on, on those two plays. Uh, so that that was really really huge, and that that got that uh, at the time we were down six zero, and then we were able to kick the extra point to go ahead seven zero seven six. And nice to see the explosion out of Barrett um, um, against Morton Ranch. Yeah, no, I mean I, I always uh, I always love that the SLHS Spartan Nation. Uh, and who is that that posts that? By the way, uh, that's that's uh, he was our former PTSA. Uh, president, his son actually played basketball. That's Ben Samiski. He's kind of okay. become he's become kind of the Seven Lakes Athletic Department um, team photographer, if you will, uh, for all of our sports. He's at everything. Uh, does just a great job on social media, making sure to highlight our players of all sports, not just football. Yeah, shout out to Ben. I saw even I think a, a comedy performance he had posted some stuff. I mean, I, I just love seeing that. But uh, he had a he had a post he put out recently for your health and safety. 
We cannot recommend trying to stop this man. He's strong and dangerous. <laughs> and that yeah, is absolutely. that was talking about Barrett Hudson. And so, you know, I got to ask, and I could, Jimmy, I know right now you're focused on winning ball games, but another one of your jobs at the end of the year is you do have to start talking about uh, end of year awards. You know, we off air, we're talking about the greater Houston awards and things of that nature. But as far as all district awards, have you kind of thought about, I mean, wh- where is Barrett Hudson placing himself in a really good district He's the kind of kid that's that's turning in hundred yard performances. I mean, is, do you think Barrett is is putting himself in a position where he can earn an all district nod by the end of the season? I think Barrett is, you know, obviously a lot of great backs in our district, and and um, he he fits right in there with them. You know, he's going to get enough carries to warrant um, a lot of coaches, you know, votes, and that's really how it goes. I think um, you know Barrett's last year his biggest issue was just staying healthy and so far so good knock on wood on that one and um and that's not as long as as long as he stays healthy i think you're going to see him continue these performances for uh the weeks to come and just a little peek behind the curtain for parents when you wonder how are these awards selected you know why did my son not make all district or things of that nature i mean coaches get together uh they have a projector They'll uh, they'll put up all the different players that that are available. They'll they usually have a, a book of statistics or you know a, a PowerPoint of statistics that you can reference. And then again, each coach from each program is in the district is entitled to one vote, and that's pretty much how it shakes out. Again, so some of that's out of our hands, and you know, but uh, these players aren't necessarily playing for all district. They're trying to win games for their buddies and their teammates. But it is nice at the end of the year. I hope Jake Ferris also is recognized by the other coaches as well for a great season. Uh, Gary Dang <laughs> definitely got my vote. You know. For, uh, up there for an all district fullback and so just so many great great parts of this offense but the rushing has been really fun to watch uh in addition to the you know the balance and the passing so great job by the offense again moving on uh looking at some of our overall statistics 37 carries 184 yards of the team 201 yards of passing can you speak about the balance there jimmy i mean i know i know you get pegged sometimes as, as a smash mouth run the ball kind of guy but you're also a former quarterback so i don't think people should get it twisted I, I i imagine you like this balance and you actually had more passing yard yardage you know not not number of not number of passes but yardage so you talk about the explosive nature of your passing game what do you think about that kind of balance 184 on the ground and 201 through the air um you know it took us a lot more carries to to get the 184 yards and you know, as as kind of mentioned earlier, a nice screen pass to Barrett, uh, a deep a deep ball to Fowler. You know, eat up about 150 yards or so, maybe not quite that many. I have to do the math again in my head, but you know, a 60 and a 50, so more like 110 yards, and that was really really nice that that we get some of it, get some explosion because it's hard sometimes to to you know it's hard sometimes to put a drive that's 10, 12, 14 plays long where you're getting three and four and five at a time. Um, it's nice to be able to go get some yards and big, big chunks that changes the momentum of the game, puts the defense on their heels a little bit. And when you're able to throw both screen passes and play action pass down the field, as well as your normal drop back and quick game, uh, it, it just helps the defense be a little off. And that sometimes opens up your run game a little bit better. Um, so we were we were really pleased. Um, and honestly, they had no idea until after the game that we actually passed for more yards than we ran for because it didn't feel like that to me in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big chunk plays really help. Spartan Nation that's listening, if you do, if you are loving high school football and loving me and hearing Coach Tamman and I chop it up, I have a YouTube channel called H Town Pick'em, and we pick all the local high school games. We had a very esteemed guest, Matt Step. If you guys do follow high school football, he's got like fifty thousand Twitter followers. He came on our show along with Mike Obi, who's one of Jimmy's former players at Ridgepoint. 
I was the only one that picked the Spartans in this game. So shame on Obi. <laughs> shame on Matt Step. They both picked Morton Ranch. I picked Seven Lakes. I was the one proven right. So I I, I kind of showed him wrong. But uh man, what's up with what's up with your former player, Jimmy, picking against you there? <laughs> Maybe he just wants us to win. And if he feels like he picks the other team, then we're going to go win because he did that. He did that last year a few times too. <laughs> he did, he did. But so one thing I did say on the show though, Jimmy, is I said our offense, I believe, is is just built on controlling possession. I think it's a really nice strategy that you have in conjunction with your defense, and you're controlling the ball. Less snaps where the defense has to be out there, keeping them fresh. But I said our our kryptonite is if we turn the ball over. You know, we have had some games where we've had multiple turnovers. And I said, that is when Seven Lakes High School is in, in trouble. Because we're not really set up the way that we're trying to win games. That's not, we're not set up to come back from that. I'm looking here. Of course, we already mentioned no interceptions. One fumble, but was not lost. And so you, you did do, you accomplished the mission. I mean, you, you didn't turn the ball over and you get the win. So can you speak about the, the marriage between your, our turnovers and our ability to win ball games? That's, that's. That was the key of the game. Um, mm-hmm. For for uh, we have an offensive goal that we call winning the double positive, and winning the double positive for us is having more explosive plays than on offense than their offense does, and then um, winning the turnover margin. We didn't win the turnover margin because neither team turned the ball over. It was zero zero on the turnover margin, but we did have more explosive plays than th- than they did. And they only had three explosive plays. We were up around eight or nine. And so we won the the uh, explosive play um, goal. And that got us the what we call the double positive. So, you know, we focus on, you know, trying to make, trying to find a way to get those explosive plays, whether it's running game or through the air. And then most importantly, what we, what we have not been able to do in district play yet is, is hold on to the football uh, for four quarters without turning it over. Um, whether it's a fumble or or an interception. I mean, we had three against Taylor two weeks ago. Uh, we had three against Tompkins last week. And I, we've been preaching to the players that those games are so different without those turnovers. Definitely. Yet we can't go back and replay them without them. We can just assume that they would be different. Well, this game shows you the difference that it makes when you don't turn the ball over. And last thing I'll say on this, Jimmy, Spartan Nation, if you check out our YouTube page, I'm going to give you a spoiler. I also, again, was the only person to pick Seven Lakes. Obi, again, he's picking the Rams to win it. And our guest also picked the Rams. And so go to the YouTube channel. Tell them why they're wrong. Tell them why they need to listen to Coach Kobo. Pick Seven Lakes because I think we're going to be ready for another great game. But let's not get to Maid Creek yet. We'll definitely get to that. Let's keep reminiscing about this great win over Morton. Uh, let's look at some of the uh, you, a new feature you gave me, Jimmy, is you give me some cumulative season statistics uh, through five games, 759 yards of rushing, 632 yards of passing. So, again, you got that really nice balance there. That's a, that, that's the clip of 143 rushing yards per game. I don't think every team can say that. Um, just some of the other ones that stand out as far as season long, you know, Barrett Hudson, 492 total yards, Jake Ferris at 268. I know. So, you know, Barrett really popped off in the last game, but Jake Ferris is also really providing at at a high level with 268 uh, yards himself. Donye Lake has 48 yards on the season, including that big touchdown, a 38 yarder against Katie Taylor. Um, 
So you you know really quite a, quite impressive on the running. Sean Patel, six hundred nine yards through the air this season, including a long of seventy five yards. I, I imagine that's the first play of the season <laughs> against Memorial uh, to Ryan Fowler. Uh, again, if we look through the receivers, Ryan Fowler appears to be leading the receiver totals at one hundred and forty five yards. He does have the touchdown against Memorial. That's an average of twenty four point two. So I mean, Ryan Fowler is a consummate deep threat. I mean, that is an incredible. Does that average stand out to you, Jimmy? Twenty four point two. I mean, that, that's that's very high. Yeah, we hit him on a seventy five yard, you know, first play of the the season this year, and then as mentioned last week, we hit him uh, against Morton Ranch. Hit him on a fifty seven yard uh, deep ball too. So you know, he stretches the field for us. Uh, we'll find more ways to get him the ball down the field. Couple other guys to recognize: uh, Carter Hatton over 100 over the century mark. He's got 105 yards on the season. Davis Yates with 93 yards. Davis Yates actually the leader in terms of number of receptions. He's got 13 catches on the year. Uh, let's see, Barrett Hudson with 94. So again, a dual threat running and receiving. Peter Noonan with five catches on the season for 30 yards for the young uh, for the sophomore tight end. Uh, Kaiser Floyd eight catches for 58. Gary Dang three for 42. Love seeing that, including a long of 23 yards and. The there's several, several others as we've, we've really peppered everyone. Jake Ferris, 33 yards. So lots of recept- receiving going around. Colin Mills, 22 punts on the year, including a long as 65. So Colin Mills just doing such a great job for us uh, in the field position game. And yeah, Austin Easterling leading us in the punt returns. Uh, anything as far as year-long statistics that you'd like to point out? And one thing I will say, kickoff return, uh, Jake Ferris. 107 yards total, including a long of 40, which is in that the big one in that Taylor game. So anything you want to say, well, let me just want, let me just recognize Alex Farinez as well. Alex Farinez pacing us in the kicking game, uh, a long of only 23 this year. So he hasn't been stretched yet, but I mean, he's very accurate in what we've asked him to do, including a perfect 10 for 10. So there we go. So from, from the statistics, Jimmy, anything that, that stands out to you? Yeah, I think if, if you'll scroll back up, I'm actually looking at, for those yeah. of you that are listening, I'm actually looking at, we're sharing a screen here. Um, if you scroll back up to the uh, rushing statistics, um, <clears throat> one thing I want to point out is is the one-two punch of Jake Ferris, Barrett Hudson, the difference in only 17 carries. And probably uh, one thing, <clears throat> as far as touches are concerned, if you added up receptions and carries for both of those guys, um, they're very going to be very, very close. Uh, we're trying to make sure that both of those guys, we find a way to get them the football. Because when the football's in their hands, um, we feel like they can be explosive and be the kind of playmakers that we want them to be, as well as the uh, kind of the kind of, they have the kind of ball security that that we're looking for. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, kind of in maybe the on the negative side of things, is we got a minus four turnover margin right now, and we really need to fix that. Yeah. Um, we need to to find a way to continue to have the zero turnovers and then and get a few of those to kind of even that out. And that's going to be a that's going to be a difference for us. The year we were seven and three two years ago, uh, our turnover margin was. Uh, way in the plus side uh, by the season end after a seven and three we're closer to plus 11 plus 12 wow. oh, on the wow. turnover margin yeah. uh, our defense was very opportunistic then our offense carried uh, held on the football and I, i'd like to see that turnover margin start to get closer to zero in the next few weeks and we, we've been joking jimmy that i've been trying to jinx you each week by by complimenting <laughs> your your penalty totals but i it hasn't hurt us yet, so I don't believe in jinxes. I'm going to say it again because I really do want to recognize. I think it's a testament to you and your kids, the discipline, the composure, you know, the, the attention to detail. Four penalties for 17 yards. I mean, I, I broadcast high school football. That's a really good number. I mean, I, I see some teams that really shoot themselves in the foot with penalties. Uh, again, I know, I know you're just going to chalk it up to just – doing the right thing but i mean it really is impressive so just want to recognize again that the penalties is that, is that something that that you've you you feel is a big 
part of your success? I think that to me, the two things that hurt the hurt the most are the penalties that move you backward when you're kind of marching in um, what we would call offensively on schedule or giving the, the their offense extra yards they don't deserve. That compared that with the turnovers, either way, you know, turnovers for you um, actually, you know, obviously helps your offense, helps your team um, and then shoot yourself in the foot. So I've, I've been with the team. I've been pairing those two things together when we uh, secure the football and get turnovers. And when we play disciplined football in the penalty game, when those two teams are paired together, we play a whole lot better football and the game, the two games we've won so far, we've done both of those things. Well, all right, moving on. Let's talk about the defense. A really impressive performance. Uh, Ryan Hall, the running back uh, for for the Morton Ranch Mavericks, he's going to be going up to Prairie View A&M next season. And Mike Gerald, the quarterback, and really kind of Swiss Army knife. They put him everywhere, but he played a lot of quarterback against you on Friday night. He's going to the University of Minnesota. So he's going to play, be playing Power 5, Big Ten football. And your defense really showed up. Uh, you, you, get, you get the big uh, win. I mean, 21 points, but... Again, they scored 42 against Cinco Ranch, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So you kind of held them. 21 points, pretty impressive against a team like Morton Ranch. As far as tackle leaders, Patricio Diaz really stands out to me jumping off the page. Nine total tackles. You've told me he's just had a really stellar senior season for the senior inside linebacker there. Austin Easterling, as always, six total tackles. He had a sack and a special teams tackle. Derek Ferguson, five big tackles, including one TFL. Justin Fowler, seven tackles. Matthew Fowler, uh, two tackles. Uh, let's see. Satin Haynes, wow. Eight tackles, including a tackle for loss. Your D-line your D is pretty active here. Amani Hooks, six tackles. Uh, Talal Javed uh, turning in two big tackles. John Paul Johnson, four tackles. Will Krennic, eight tackles, including a special teams tackle. And uh, Evan Burt, another name that I have not, I don't recall calling out. He had five big tackles. So I'm seeing a couple new names on the stat sheet. I'm seeing your defensive line really kind of step up in this game. That, that's my initial observations, Jimmy. What, what do you think looking at some of these statistics? Yeah, I mean, as you can see, the the tackles were were kind of spread out on all levels of our defense. I'm really proud of Derek Ferguson. He plays nose for us, and the nose uh, the nose tackle doesn't always jump off the stat sheet for you because he's getting double teamed so yep. often um, with the center and one of the guards a lot. And uh, you know, your nose tackle is sometimes a guy that um, is going to eat up blocks and allow the linebackers to make plays, and he made plays for himself. What he's had such good improvement throughout the year. This is by far his best game. He was the most active um, uh, at the line of scrimmage and in the backfield. Uh, really, really proud of him. Um, we had to play him. You know, you, we, our defensive linemen have to be able to play all three defensive line spots. We had to use him at defensive ends a little bit. It's not where he's most comfortable or um, his, his most natural, uh, but him able to do that was, was really, really nice. Um, Justin Fowler and Evan Burt uh, kind of platooned a little bit this week. And you can see for, they played the same spot. So 12, 12 tackles coming out of that, what we call the Mike inside linebacker uh, spot there. I really, really was impressed with both of our outside backers, Amani Hooks and Austin Eichling. To me, they, you know, you talked about Mike Gerald being a Swiss Army knife. Um, and one thing he can do really well is, is run the football from the quarterback position. And they were getting red all night long on the zone read. And they played so disciplined and didn't allow him to get to the edges. Um, in fact, they they caused the ball to get put up the middle. That's why you see our 
our defensive end, right. our, nose, right. our two inside backers making plays. Um, a lot, I didn't, I didn't, I mentioned Justin and Evan playing kind of platooning at that Mike position. Pedrucio Diaz played the will position. That's like our weak side inside backer. And so that's why you see between the, between all of them, you're looking at, you know, 21 tackles on the inside part of the run game, mainly because the outside backers were so disciplined. I'm really, really proud of the way they played. And I, I, th- I don't know if I mentioned Justin Fowler also had a pass breakup. And so you have a really athletic set of linebackers. I've noticed that Kamani Hooks, Easterling, a former safety. I mean, you got some guys that can really move. So no surprise that Fowler turns into PBU. And then Easterling on the sack. So as an outside linebacker, was, was that something where, where Coach Phil Dober dialed up a blitz for him? Or how did that sack happen? Yeah, that's exactly it. We, we kind of brought some pressure. Uh, the formation allowed us to actually bring six, which is not our normal uh, amount. Like that's that's probably on the high end sure. number of players that we're willing to bring. Four and five, we feel very comfortable bringing four and five, but we actually, based on formation, we're able to bring, uh, add on an, an extra guy. Uh, Austin uh, did a good job uh, and, and just – I guess what you would call a fold action mm-hmm. uh, between the end and the outside backer and able to get to the quarterback and then get there and get him down because Mike Jill's a hard guy to get down. All right. Now moving forward to our last statistical category, category, looking at the, uh, the analytics here, some of the, the deeper dives. So the, the math people out there listening, I'm sure you, this is your favorite segment of the show. As far as points per possession, you, you held Martin ranch to 2.33 points per possession that is your best in district play. Taylor was 2.82, and I believe you told me your goal was three, right? So you're well below your goal. So not just looking at the – set aside the 21 points. As far as points per possession, you have to be very pleased of your defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, we play, we try to play complementary football here. They defended, the, they defended nine drives. You know, the fewer drives that we can have them defend, the better it is going to be. I mean, that's true of all defensive – football um but the fewer times we have to get them on the field the better um and you know we we they defended nine drives so we controlled the clock well and you know morton ranch helps that because they're they're a run first team too so they help us a little bit control the clock um by just their style of play also i'm really happy with your third down defense jimmy here you you defended 11 third downs and you only conceded first downs on three of them that's a 72 point 0.73% 0.73% win rate for us, you know, for seven lakes. That's, that's really to me, your best of the season. You actually statistically had a better one against Tompkins, but it was a smaller sample size, you know, and, but it's much better than against the Taylor game uh, against Taylor, you know, th- they were converting at a higher percentage. So th- I think a lot of us, you know, we, re- we realize like the third downs are kind of called like money downs. I mean, th- these are so pivotal because it's either going to lead to the drive continuing or getting the ball back on a punt. Right. So can you talk about what went into this, this performance to, to really win the third down battle against Morton ranch defensively? I think our defensive staff, you know, that filled over leads does an outstanding job uh, prepping our players for third down situations. And so we'll have, we'll have answers on third down depending on if it's third and short or third and medium or third and long, um, you know, calls that that are going to be good in those situations based on the tendency of the offense. And so our players are, are, are ready for a third and long call. Cause they know what it's, they know what it's most likely going to be because of they practiced it. And then they know what most likely uh, the offense is, is what their tendency shows. You know, if they're a third and long team that likes to run the draw, then we're going to know that and and be aware of it or a third down team that likes to screen 
or a third down teams that likes to drop back pass. We're going to know all that. The great thing about our school is our academic standards at our school are, are, are tough. Um, and they're tough all over KDSD, but I would like to say, you know, at Seven Lakes, you know, we have, um, I would say the best academic students in the greater Houston area, maybe Clements would make an argument uh, with, with us, but um, I think we're up there and our football players are great students too. And we're able to put a little bit more on them uh, as far as what they uh, need to know in our game plan. And so they do a great job of, of soaking in the defensive game plan and we game plan specifically for third down. And it just, a, it's a big deal to our defense. I know Carrie Finnison is a very competitive principal, so I bet she wouldn't mind. Maybe maybe we can call Bobby Darnell and get a, a football decath- academic decathlon against the Clemens Rangers players. I, I'll, I'll put my guys up in any academic. Uh, I love it. <laughs> any academic situation. <laughs> I love it. But hey, for uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, I mean that's situational football is what coach. That's the term for it that Coach Hammond was describing. So Coach Dover and the defensive staff doing such a great job. The kids picking up on it. I think a lot of times high school football players, Jimmy, and you probably agree, they don't maybe always pay attention to the down and distance when that's really so pivotal. So for me to hear that, that your kids are so in tune with down and distance, that it's no surprise they're so successful there on the third downs on Friday night. But Jimmy, this one, I've said a couple times, I'm, I'm really pleased with this, this metric, but the explosives allowed, I think this might be the one I'm most pleased with. Explosives are runs of 15 plus yards or passes of 20 you only gave up three. That is your high watermark of the season uh, as far as your, your best performance, right? And you're playing against, again, you're playing against a quarterback who's going to play Big Ten football, <laughs> you know, in, in his career, a running back who's also a collegiate football player for Prairie View. I mean, you're going against college football players, you know, future college football players, and you to hold a team like that to only three explosive plays, I, I find it astounding. And uh, I think that's incredible. So can you speak to how you're able to do that? Unfortunately, the three explosive plays led to three touchdowns. Oh, so you, okay. <laughs> yeah. You can only imagine if we could have could have held that, you know, uh, to to a few, you know, one or two, um, you know. But the, that that's been such that's you know been the been the key for our defense. You know, as we're on offense, we're really emphasizing, you know, ball security and, and making good decisions when in the pass game. The defense has really been uh, emphasizing explosive plays. And making them grind the ball down the field, honest. Don't make it easy for them. Uh, make, you know, if they're going to score, it's going to take a long time to score. It's going to take a lot of plays to score. We're going to make them earn it. We're not going to let them do it easy. Our defense has done a great job. Uh, you know, better job this week than last week. Decent job last week, giving up five of them. But even a better job this week, <clears throat> giving up only three. All right, so that puts a bow on the varsity game, winning 24 to 21 against Martin Ranch. But don't worry, we're not we're not turning on the lights. We're not kicking you out yet. The party is not over. We have a lot more to celebrate from the Morton Ranch week. All all of our sub varsity parents listening out there. But let's let's party with you guys now. Let's celebrate this. Let's start with the JV Blue team. 43 to 12, getting the big victory, Jimmy. Just talk about that that one. That that's a definitive victory over Morton Ranch for JV Blue. Yeah, Paul Lemma led the rushing attack for our JV Blue. He just did outstanding uh, for us. Um, and our defense played really, really well, um, only giving up 12, 12 points there. Um, it was it was one of those games where you saw the confidence rising on the sideline uh, as the game started to uh, kind of separate itself. Uh, pretty soon, um, it felt like we could do no wrong in that game. And and uh, really, set, really at the in the second half, just extended the score um, and did a lot of great things in that game. Really proud of the blue team. 
And then JV Blue, uh, excuse me, JV Orange continuing the winning ways. Different kind of game, though. And this is fun, too. A 9-6 to six victory, so a nail-biter. How, how, what was your feelings from that game? Uh, uh, that one was huge. That you know, that was our first win of the year. We know um, we've we've had some struggles on that team, and we've had to have a lot of moving parts as far as the personnel is concerned about guys playing in different positions because of injury, um, really mainly injury. Uh, and so we've done a good job. Uh, the the defensive the defense actually scored the touchdown. We had a pick six uh, by Tyler Pointer. Um, yeah. that that did a good job for us and then we kicked a field goal actually in the other way we kicked the field goal first right. got the pick six unfortunately did not get the extra point and then held on held on for dear life uh, <laughs> at the end um, uh, in order to keep it nine six so really good defensive ball game there so that'll be you, you mentioned the first, congratulations for the orange team their first win on the season and I, I do want to point out that jv blue overall is three and two uh, so that's really impressive to have a winning record through the type of schedule that, that we've played with the likes of Memorial and Klein and non-district play. Now, moving to the freshman, the freshman uh, blue team gets a 21 to 12 victory over Morton Ranch. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, so these these uh, these were at Morton uh, at Morton Ranch. So I, I didn't get to view these except for film. So I don't have uh, as good of a sure, feel sure. for the way it was on the sideline. But listening to the, our coaches, our freshman coaches talk about that, about this game, uh, we started off th this game with a, actually a double pass touchdown from uh, Gandolfo to uh, Sam Smith. And so that was really a nice way to start, uh, play really good defense uh, throughout and and use three running backs uh, to, to get the job done really on the ground mainly. Um, so real, real pleased with, with the way the blue team played. Uh, nice for nice for them to get a, a big win there. Jimmy, who's the play caller for the freshman blue team? Uh, Royal Thomas. Royal Thomas is our freshman head coach, and he calls the plays for that. Team. Hey, shout out to Royal Thomas of a little trickeration there. But I, another peek behind the curtain for the parents. In the coaching world, sometimes we have what we call the road offense when you're coaching these sub-varsity games. Because, well, let's put it this way. When you're at home and, you know, the, you know what they say, like when the, when the cat's away, the mice will play. When you're at home and Jimmy Hammond's pacing around the sidelines, you kind of usually play it by the book and just run the offense. But whenever you go on the road – the head coach isn't watching. So a lot of times us coaches, we would do our fun stuff like trick plays or special plays that we like. We do it on the road. So shout out. It, it was no, you found out about it and it sounds like you're not mad. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, he threw a double pass off a bubble screen, which, yeah. which that is what we do. We throw yeah. bubble screens. And so it fits, I mean, it, it yeah. fits with our offense. So, you know, it wasn't like he, you know, he got in a uh, split back and running the beer or something right. like that. No, I love it. I love it. Just always like to give parents a little bit of, of a peek behind the curtain of a coach's life because that that is a, definitely a joke that we we always like to laugh about. And then as far as the freshman orange team, again, kind of similar to the JV, so kind of some similar score lines. They fight and and eke out a victory here, seven to six, a one point victory over the Mavericks to complete essentially complete the sweep. We got the program sweep, five and zero oh against Morton Ranch. But I, I know you weren't there, but uh, did you get to hear anything about the Orange game? Yeah, we actually came from behind on this one and were, was down seven uh, six zero, uh, and came from behind uh, in the fourth quarter to go ahead seven six. Uh, they uh, freshman Orange has has tied a game so far, but that was their first win. Uh, so it was really really nice to see them get that win. They needed it, um, and really really proud of them for for. Uh, uh, although they they actually you know we're talking about in reverse order they actually started off tonight correct uh, right <laughs> with a with a with a with a win so they they set the tone for us and let's just talk about that a little bit again for parents listening like the the the, the value of a program sweep 
I remember whenever I was coaching and, you know, like you mentioned, you know, the JVs at one site, the freshmen are at a different site. So if I was on the road, I'd come back into the field house. And I'd always love to look on the board because we would write down what our scores were. And I would always like to see, Hey, did the, you know, did the other guys get wins too? And it just, it always was such a like breath of fresh air leading into the varsity game when you were sitting at four and you know, it was just that, that special feeling. We'd even say to each other, Hey, let guys, let's finish this. I'm sure you had that feeling. Let's let's finish this sweep on Friday night. So can you just talk about for parents listening, what's the value um, you know, of, of getting a program wide sweep like this? I I can tell you that's exactly what I talked about before the varsity game. You know, there's we I have multiple opportunities where I'm giving little pep talks and I try to yeah. give them a little, little something different. That was the first one I talked about was guys, the pressure's on the varsity, guys, pressure's yeah. on us. I mean, our, our our JV and our freshman teams did the job. You know, we're four yeah. and zero right now, you know, in a did it in a fun way. Like, Hey, we don't want yeah. to be the ones that screwed up varsity players. Right, let's sure. let's go right. get the job done. But also it gives them confidence because they say, okay, all of our teams performed. We're all capable of winning. Um, and in our district getting one, you know, five and oh, I don't care who you play. Uh, that that's, that's difficult. Um, and Morton ranch isn't a slouch either. So we were glad to get it. Well, again, I, I think that's something hopefully that the parents enjoy is when we get that peek behind the curtain, got to hear a little bit of some of your motivational speeches there and kind of get some a taste of that. But the reality of football is as much as we celebrated that win on, on Friday night, maybe <laughs> into Saturday, the, the preparation begins anew. So I'm sure you came, you came back on Saturday, you watched the film, you began entering your information for Maid Creek. And then today is a Sunday we're recording this. I'm recording this at 6.50 p.m. with Jimmy Hammond. So he's been at the office all morning with his staff and all, all evening and afternoon, you know, creating the game plan. So tell us, what can we expect on the varsity from the Maid Creek Rams? Uh, so defensively, you're going to see an odd front, which which is the same type of defense we play, a 3-4, cover four type uh, defense out of them. You're going to see a spread offense that uh, likes to run uh, outside zone or stretch. Uh, they like to throw bubble screens, and they, don't, they do not uh, shy away from throwing the ball down the field. Uh, so, um, you know, they're a little – in years past, um, they've been four wideouts or four wide receivers, what we would call 10 personnel – Mainly, uh, they're they're using a, a H back or a tight end more this year, uh, so that's been a little bit of a change, um, you know. And then they've used uh, a court. I kind of have a main quarterback. Uh, that's actually Coach Jensen, the head coach. Their son plays quarterback, uh, but they also been using more of a, a running back type, uh, a running back playing quarterback to mm -hmm. to run the ball. So we'll have to be prepared for both of those uh, styles from the shotgun. Uh, flipping back over to defense. Um, they mix their, they're mainly an odd front, which is, you know, three down linemen, but they do a lot of different things with their linemen. Sometimes they play their defensive ends and head up what we call four techniques, uh, head up on the tackle. Sometimes they shade them on the tackle. Sometimes they even reduce them down on the guards. So we're going to be prepared for a lot of different fronts Our offensive line. Um, you know, a lot of times people say, and rightfully so that they're the smartest guys on, on the field because they have to, they have to adjust play to play to play where, where the defensive line and the linebackers are lined up and they're going to have their work cut out for them kind of knowing where the the Maid Creek Rams are going to line up this week and one thing I do want to point out to Maid Creek is you know last season uh, Maid Creek did finish at the bottom of the standings but I, I do want parents to be aware if you're not following that 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 will not most likely repeat itself that they've already have a big district win against Peyto and so that was a, and it was a shutout win. I believe it was 28 to nothing, Jimmy, you know, so this, I think, coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, it's still the uh, 28, seven. So it's, they are 
kind of like us coming off of a big win. They're, they're also coming off like a, a season where they feel like they're turning things around. So can you just talk about that emotional aspect? You've already mentioned the X's and O's, but you've got an opponent who in the past has struggled a little bit, but was still very competitive with us in our game last year. And now they have that added kind of feeling of getting a win against a, a Peto team who's got a state championship ring from 5A, you know, a couple years ago. So can you just talk about the, the emotional aspect of making sure your players understand this is not a last place made team made Creek team from last year. Like this is a very, very uh, dangerous opponent. I think, I think in this district, you know, anybody can beat anybody and scores uh, the, of, of other teams that you see um, don't always translate to, to when you see them play you. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think the main thing that I've already told the guys uh, as we kind of wrapped up with the players on Saturday and kind of started previewing made Creek a little bit was no, this is not the Maid Creek of the last couple of years. Um, they have already beat Peto. Uh, they're feeling good about themselves um, because they already have done better than they did last year. And it doesn't matter who we play in this district. You have to come ready to play from the starting whistle till the ending one. And I've been saying all, all year to them, we're, it, it's going to take four quarters of football and sometimes it takes more to get a win. Um, we've already seen that in an overtime win, you know, in week one. And so we cannot take anybody lightly. Um, and we were certainly not going to take Maid Creek lightly because we know they have the capability to beat us. All right. So that has been a very fun victory episode. As always, Jimmy, let's kind of talk about what is the schedule for this week for all the teams, all their various locations, and and uh, what times are we looking at? Okay. So the freshman, uh, Orange, will start the day off at Seven Lakes. Um, they play Maid Creek at 4.30, followed by the freshman Blue. Uh, immediately following, we'll call it 6 o'clock here at home. Our our JV teams are actually splitting up. Uh, uh, Maid Creek has one, one JV team, so our JV Blue will go over to Maid Creek at, at a new time. It was originally scheduled at seven, 6. Now it's going to be 5 o'clock because it'll be a single game at Maid Creek's campus um, at 5 o'clock on Thursday. Um, and then – uh, our JV Orange will will uh, will pick up Fort Ben Austin. Oh, play Fort Ben Austin, your alma mater. Yeah, uh, that's right. And, and we will play them also on Thursday. You going to the Dog Pound, or where are you where are you going to play that one at? Well, my son's going to play at the Dog Pound, so I think I'll go over there. Uh, you can tell him James Kovale, Coach Kovo walked these <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> I, I can tell him exactly that. Yeah, uh, I'll tell. And then um, one thing I do want to mention: this is homecoming week for us, so we do have. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to call them distractions, sure. uh, but I, we do have activities that come about this week. Um, and the main one for our players is that we do have a homecoming parade and pep rally. That's Wednesday night. So if you're listening at home and you want to uh, view that pep rally, it's going to start on Katie Gaston and, and uh, South Fry Road um, at uh, the local pool right there. Um, we'll walk from, we'll walk down South Fry Road uh, into the back of our stadium. Uh, parade starts at 6.30 with a pep rally immediately following. I would guess 7 o'clock for the pep rally to start. Um, and then, you know, I would expect the pep rally to be over around 7.45, 8 o'clock. So we do have a, a nice a community event um, starting at 6.30 on Wednesday evening. 
One thing for the JV Orange parents that are listening, when you make that trip to Fort Bend Austin High School, there is a uh, an establishment next door called Safari Texas, and they have some exotic animals out there, and they make loud noises. Uh, there's some donkeys and all kinds of stuff. Like So if you're hearing noises from animals, do not be alarmed. They are contained uh, inside the Safari Texas, but I did want to warn you all about that. But Jimmy, in all seriousness, as far as homecoming, I'm sure a lot of parents, maybe this is their first time experiencing their child going through homecoming. It's an exciting time. The kids are going to have a great time. You've already kind of mentioned the parade. Is there anything else that parents need to know or if they want to help in any kind of way? Uh, is there anything you can direct them towards or just any, anything for, for first time parents about homecoming? Yeah, the great thing is, you know, for we got some volunteer opportunities out to our parents. So a lot of them have already volunteered. But, you know, we do have uh, prior to our homecoming parade, we, we do feed our players um, something simple. We feed them pizza because it's a long day for our players. They've been at school since seven o'clock and they won't go home till after eight o'clock PM. And so they've ate lunch, but they don't really get to eat dinner until after they get home. So we do feed them between practice and the, and the, and the, and the pep rally. Uh, so we do have some volunteers that are helping with that. Any, any, any volunteers, you know, even if you didn't sign up, you can come help hand out pizza and water and Gatorade. That's, that's really easy. Uh, and then of course, you know, go into the, the pep rally on Wednesday, uh, throughout the week we're selling, we, we sell orange, we call them orange out shirts, uh, for that's kind of our theme for homecoming week is we have a lot of themes cause that's what high schools do. Mm -hmm. But yep. the main one on, on game day is, is, you know, packing the, packing the stadium with orange. And so we sell shirts, uh, throughout the week during lunchtime. So we have volunteers coming up to, to do that Monday through Friday or until shirts sell out. Um, so we'll, We'll do that. Um, and then, you know, although the parents won't necessarily volunteer for this, but most likely um, the the players are probably either going with a group or maybe going with a date to the homecoming dance. And that's on Saturday night. So um, there'll be a lot of, you know, uh, for a first time homecoming parent, you know, you'll probably your kid will probably talk about what to wear because it's not going to be what they wear to school. <laughs> right. Um, you know, taking pictures at a location in the area sure. with their friends and with their date and then potentially going out to eat before the homecoming and then potentially going to, you know, what you might call a post party, mm -hmm. a post homecoming party. Um, it, you know, if you allow them to do that and you're a parent. So there's a lot of activities going on. There's a lot of, you know, um, you know, things that are, that are fun that, that have, you know, for us have nothing to do with football, sure. but what's make high school special in Texas is, is all of those extra things you get to do. Uh, the kids really enjoy it. Um, and, and, you know, for the football team, we talk about our most important thing is playing the 48 minutes of football that's being played, but I, we're not naive. We're not, yeah. um, so, uh, dense that we don't realize that there are other things going on that kids do enjoy. Um, and so, we want them to enjoy those things too. We just want to win a football game. It's a lot more fun to go to the dance when you win the football game. Absolutely. Are, are, are any of our guys nominees for on the homecoming court? Yeah, we got Colin Mills actually. Okay. Uh, one, of, one of the nominees. So I know our parents can't vote, but our, but our, but our players can. So yeah. get out there and vote Colin Mills. Vote for Colin Mills. If you're, st I know, I know that some of the Spartan, uh, the Spartan crazies listen to this. So yeah, if you make sure you know uh, Colin Mills is on the ballot. I saw in uh, the Cinco Ranch game, their kicker won Homecoming King and actually was busy taking photos, and it was time for him to kick off for the second half, and so they had to kind of pull him away. Uh, so let's let's hope that you know Colin's ready and not if he wins and not and ready for the for the punts and everything that he needs to do. But okay, so that was a lot of fun. So we talked about the Wednesday pep rally. We talked about the sub varsity games on Thursday, and of course the main event. 
before the dance on Saturday is is the Friday night game, Jimmy. So where are we at and what time? And you've already mentioned the orange shirt, so please buy a shirt, support the program, and show your, your team spirit. But uh, where are we at on Friday? Yeah, thanks for reminding me because I didn't say that. Um, we do play on Friday, October 6th. Uh, we play at Legacy. Obviously, we're the home team, and that game time is at 7.15. 7.15 at Legacy on the home side um, Friday night. All right, so that'll do it for this episode, a special victory episode, and we are so excited for the homecoming festivities and the big game against Morton Ranch. Thanks for tuning in, and go Spartans. 